You're listening to The Savvy Social Podcast, a weekly show that explores social media marketing strategies that help business owners create connection and build community by focusing on manageable tasks that actually make a difference to your business goals. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, and welcome to episode number 95 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Traject Social, which is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's what we use in our agency to keep track of multiple clients across hundreds of accounts. I especially love the reporting features in Traject Social. Um, They're just great for keeping track of some of our client KPIs and just making sure that we're on track with doing what we said we would do. So try it out for yourself for free by going to trajectsocial.com. Now, today's episode is all about video, and I really want to dive into if video is really that powerful. I mean, it's well known that video rules when it comes to social media marketing, but is that factually true? So in today's episode, I'm digging into the data and sharing some of that information on how powerful video really is in 2020. This episode kind of came to me when I was working on a three-part video series on YouTube demonstrating one of my favorite video creation tools, Headliner. You can check out that series by going to youtube.com slash onlinedrea, and I'm just showing you how you can use Headliner to create some videos. Some tutorials are going up there all about Headliner and using that tool, Um, and it's pretty fun. I've been having a lot of fun on YouTube lately. All right, so before I dive into the data, one of the things that I really hate when looking at some of this data, and I did a bunch of research before recording this episode, it's that a lot of this data is coming from marketers. And I know, I get it, I'm a marketer myself. But when I see like 65% of marketers find video to be extremely helpful for their clients, I go, yeah, of course they're saying that because they're marketers. I'm a marketer myself, so I totally get it. But when we're looking at video and its effectiveness, I want to see what consumers say about video. I want to see that data. And so that's some of the data that I pulled for today's episode. But there's tons of data out there, especially from marketers, about how video is impacting our clients. But a lot of the data is like if we intend to use video or how effective we think the video is based on viewership. I think some of that is just skewed, um, which I'll get to in this episode as well. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about is this article that I found in Social Media Week. It's in their blog, and I try to keep things recent, so in 2019 or in 2020. And I'll put the links that I mentioned in this episode in the show notes. But Social Media Week said that 78% of people report watching videos online each week. 78% of people say they watch some sort of video online, while 55% of those same people say they watch videos on a daily basis. That's a lot of people saying that they're watching videos. I don't know about you guys, but I have been loving TikTok lately. And those TikTok videos, they're kind of funny. And I find myself gravitating more towards video than a static image as just a consumer. Animoto, a video creation tool, said that 58% of consumers visit a brand's social media page before visiting their website. So that means before someone even visits your website, they're looking at your social first, which 
uh, is an 81% increase over last year. So they ran this report at the end of 2019, um, and they labeled it the Social Video Trends Consumer Report for 2020. So 58% of consumers visit your social media pages before they even hit your website. So what that tells me is that you need to have content on your social media page that really speaks to your brand. In the same article, they talked about how video ads are the number one way consumers discover a brand that they later purchase from. So video advertisements. I mean, if we think about traditional media, this is so true. If you think about, you know, commercial ads, (laughs) those commercials, those little jingles that get in our head all day long, and suddenly we find ourselves in the store purchasing, I don't know, Pine Sol because of the commercial. (laughs) I can't be the only one, right? Um, Animoto also said that one in four consumers made a purchase after seeing a story on Instagram. One in four consumers. I know internally I've been running a lot of ads lately for my brands. I'm just trying to get people into the Savvy Social School and getting the word out about it. Instagram story ads have been our most highly converting ads. More people sign up for our offers through Instagram story ads more than any other placement area. So I totally see that for myself. And I think as consumers, it doesn't feel as intrusive as some of the other ads. And I think that's because the the content that's being created there is kind of native to the stories. It kind of looks like an Instagram story. So I know personally as a consumer as well, I've been enjoying those. Uh, The last stat here that comes from Animoto is that YouTube replaced Facebook as the number one platform that affects consumer behavior by the end of 2019. So YouTube is affecting consumer behavior now more than Facebook. Facebook ads used to be like the way you put in a dollar, you get two dollars, right? The way that internet marketers kind of preached preach the gospel of consumer behavior. But according to this, YouTube is actually replacing Facebook. And I know for me, that tends to be true as well. I remember going in to purchase my camera. I bought this Canon M50 mirrorless camera. It's kind of like a step up from a point and click digital camera, not quite like a DSLR camera not quite as complex, but I made that decision, that buying decision by watching so many YouTube videos. Um, I actually found Sean Cannell's videos to be very helpful, landed on his channel. He has a lot of videos about the Canon M50. And um, that's how I made that decision to purchase that camera was I went down a YouTube hole for like six months of making that decision before I purchased. So as a consumer, I've definitely experienced that as well. Um, okay, next article I have here is from Wise Owl. They have a lot of articles that I that I found actually referenced this study that they did in 2019. They called it Video Marketing Statistics. And they said that 68% of people say they'd prefer to learn about a new product or service by watching a video, Okay. So most people would prefer that they, that they want to learn about something through video. 
And I'd have to say I agree with that for the most part. Um, sometimes I prefer text-based tutorials, but when I'm looking to learn something, especially something technical or something like new concept, I want to watch a video about it or listen to a podcast about it. So I really like that stat. And then to top that off, they say 79% of people say that a brand's video has convinced them to buy a piece of software or an app. So 79% of consumers say that they made that decision by watching a video and that they say that this, this video is more of a learning tool over text-based articles. So 15% of people said that they learn through text-based articles. 4% of people said they like learning through infographics. 4% of people said they prefer presentation and pitches. And 3% of people said they liked ebooks and manuals. So that means by a long shot, most people prefer video as a way to learn something new and as a way to make an informed decision. Now, that being said, I do want to add in some other stats about video that may help you as you kind of consider if you're going to add video into your strategy. So when you're thinking about making video, I want you to remember that 65% of video views are mobile, and this is coming from Facebook themselves. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes. So 65% of those video views are on a mobile device. That's your iPhone, your Android, iPads, mobile devices. So you have to make sure that your videos are able to be viewed on tiny screens or that um, they have captions. So this one study that I found by Discovery Digital Networks did some research on captioning videos, and they said that their caption videos received 7.32% more video views than non-caption videos. So if people are watching on mobile and video is powerful, then I would say you need captions on those videos to help those mobile viewers because it may start playing silently um, and they need to see the captions or they may watch the whole video with captions. Anecdotally, one of our clients is doing some Facebook Lives right now that we are turning into ads and kind of boosting those posts. And we have found our numbers, our watch-through rates quadruple when we put on those captions. Um, so here's a few of my theories, my theories about video. Um, listen, the algorithm just wants attention. That's it. Plain and simple. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all they want are the attentions, the eyeballs of their audiences, of their users, of their consumers. So if your content isn't getting attention, they're not going to show it because if someone sees your content and they scroll by really fast or they click off somewhere else or they don't engage with it at all, that's telling Twitter, that's telling Facebook, that's telling Instagram, that's telling LinkedIn that you're just not interesting enough to that person. Okay, so all the algorithm wants is attention. There's so many hacks you can do to like trick the algorithm into thinking that people are paying attention or you can trick the people into showing the algorithm that they're paying attention. Those are all tricks and hacks, though. At the end of the day, the algorithm wants attention. And based on the data that I just read, video is a great way to capture those users' attention. I mean, just think about how you would consume something. If you saw an image, you may read the text on it. Maybe it's like a little flyer or a graphic. You'll read the text. If you like it, you'll move on. But you pretty much consume that information fairly quickly. 
But when it comes to a video, you see one to three seconds, that's not a all of the video usually. So you keep watching. And so if you think about how you interact with that content, even if you don't click like or leave a comment or anything, just by looking at that content, you're telling the algorithm that that content is more valuable than the static images around it. You're telling the algorithm that you spent more time watching that video than you spent looking at the flyer graphic right above it or right below it. So I want to emphasize that it's not the video implicitly that's getting the more attention or that's the algorithm likes. The algorithm just likes attention. Okay, It's not just the video that's the reason why it's working. Video just happens to be what's getting the attention right now. Video is what's getting our attention. So focus in on creating quality work that actually captures the attention of your audience and spend more time on that quality work than creating quantities of posts that people aren't engaging with, okay? So what does this look like in practice? And something that I teach inside the Savvy Social School, you've heard it here on the podcast before, I've talked about the five pillars of content, but I don't want you to go out today and create a bunch of video content for social media, especially if you're a small business or you're doing this on your own, that can feel overwhelming. Even if you're like a social media manager or a virtual assistant and you're doing this for your client, you may be feeling like, how can I get videos from my clients? So I want to talk a little bit about how this works in practice, in reality, out in the real world, because the reality is a lot of us don't have time to create videos all day. That's a lot of energy. Here's what you can do instead. If you're creating one long form piece of content, you can turn that content into video. I do that with this podcast. When I create podcast episodes, I turn them into audiograms, so little audio video clips for social media. So if you head on over to my Instagram or Facebook, you'll see audiograms of these podcast episodes. They're videos that I created from audio from the podcast episode. And you can create dozens of these from one episode if you wanted, right? So you don't need to create all of this video content. You can use content you already have. Um, If you do live videos, you can create micro content video pieces from those live videos. In fact, I just added in a tutorial in the Savvy Social School on how I do this. Um, But this is a great way to repurpose some content, even if it's a live video from a while ago. Take something impactful you said from that video, say it's like 30 seconds long, and turn it into a social media content piece. You're still posting video, you're still showing up, but you don't have to create new video content pieces. Another way you can do this is if you if you produce regular content pieces that aren't videos. Let's say you produce blog posts. You can hop on live, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and talk about the concepts in that blog post in a live interactive post. Or another thing that you can do is go on Instagram stories and talk about your blog post. Or even just talk about what you're doing right now. Share what you're working on. Talk about the challenges your clients and customers are having and how what you offer provides a solution. That's a really easy way to layer in video without giving yourself too much extra work. Lastly, a really great way to add video into what you're doing, especially on social media, is to give um, an update 
through video. So it doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, in fact, the least polished it is, the better. We actually have run some tests internally. This is totally anecdotal, by the way, not proven 100%. But we have found that videos that aren't polished, so like you're holding up your phone and you're just talking to the camera, way outperform the videos that are in a studio and edited together perfectly. Um, So try out some of those videos and just give updates. I know right now as I'm recording this, we are um, self-isolating, we're sheltering at home and staying in place because of the coronavirus pandemic. And so I tested this out by going uh, creating a video. It wasn't live. I pre-recorded a video just on my iPhone. I did a little edit to the beginning and the end to kind of chop off where I wasn't talking. And I posted it on Instagram stories. And I just wanted to update folks on um, coronavirus and kind of the situation in the marketing world and how people can kind of navigate marketing their business online during coronavirus. It wasn't polished or perfect, but it got some of the top engagement from the month because I just kind of showed up as I was. And so I think those are some ways that you can take this idea, this concept of creating video and put it into practice into what you're doing right now. Personally, how I'm focusing on video is I'm relaunching my YouTube efforts. Um, So we're on episode number 95 of the podcast right now. So starting with episode number 100, we are also video recording these podcast episodes and putting them on YouTube. Um, I have a personal soft spot for YouTube. As many of you know, I met my husband on YouTube. We were both YouTubers back in 2014 when we met, 2013, 2014, Um, and I I've been YouTubing since 2007. So for me, YouTube has been such a great community. I kind of refocused when I started my business and then moved away from YouTube. Uh, But I'm getting back into it now and I'm absolutely loving it. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is putting this podcast as videos on YouTube, um, like actual recorded videos on YouTube, not just the audio, Uh, but also producing additional video content. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, I have a three-part video series with head liner, um, kind of tutorial, using their tool as a tutorial and showing you how you can create videos really quickly, really easily, especially if you've got a podcast. I mean, their tool is pretty awesome, in my opinion. Um, And then personally, I'm also testing out new platforms that are video based. Right now, that's TikTok. Um, TikTok it was like mind boggling to me for the longest time, but I finally figured it out and I'm having a lot of fun over there. Um, I've only posted one TikTok so far, um, but I'm planning out a few others. I love watching TikTok videos. Um, and even if you're kind of, you know, older millennial, my, like myself, I'm 30 years old. Um, I, th- I still think TikTok can be a great platform for kind of having fun, but it's not for beginners. <laughs> I will like add that asterisk caveat to this statement. If you're already producing video, let's say YouTube videos, or if you come from Snapchat, or if you even had like a great time on Vine back in the day, then you'll like TikTok. Uh, but if you're struggling with creating video, then TikTok is, you know, it's a little more of an advanced tool right now. So let us marketers figure it out, create the formulas for you so you can get on TikTok as well. Um, and it's my plan later this year to um, help the students in the Savvy Social School figure it out for themselves as well. 
All right, before I wrap up this episode, I do want to talk about some news in the video world, specifically with Facebook. So right before I went to record this episode, Facebook did an epic announcement. Um, So because of the coronavirus pandemic, a lot of people are spending time online right now and connecting through video. Um, Platforms and tools like Zoom, zoom zoom.us, are seeing huge spikes in user acquisition because people are looking for ways to connect virtually since we're all self-isolating right now, at least most of us are. So with that being said, Facebook announced some new features that I'm actually really excited about. And I think this will be pivotal in getting more people back on their platform because a lot of people are kind of spending time elsewhere Um, and creating a more dynamic platform. So Before I get into the updates, I do want to say that Facebook, with their videos, they are looking for a few things that they've clearly stated on their website. Um, The first thing is that they're looking for loyalty and intent. So they want people who have a lot of viewers regularly. So creating a show, for instance, is a great way to do this, a weekly show, a regular show, um, or even just making sure that whenever you go live, you have viewers live with you. So oftentimes when I'm coaching uh, clients and students on Facebook Lives, I want you to announce that you're going to do it so that Facebook can see that people are excited about it with you. Facebook is also looking for video and viewing duration. So yes, they want you to have people sign on and look at your video initially. But what's almost more important is that people actually watch through the video instead of just popping on for a minute and popping off. So that one minute mark used to be a huge indicator of success and now it's actually through play. So they want people to watch all the way through your video, which makes sense. And then lastly, Facebook's looking for originality. So they really want people who are producing original content. Um, They don't want to see a lot of reposting of videos. Um, They don't want to see a lot of um, non-original content. So let's say you see someone's video go live uh, or go go viral and then you download that video and you repost it yourself. They don't really want to see that. You can share other people's videos, but for the most part, they want to see some original content. So yes, video is hugely powerful in marketing your business in 2020. So here's how Facebook's kind of diving into this. Um, they, I'm going to put the link to their announcement and just kind of highlight a few things because they have a lot of things in this announcement that I'm personally excited about. <laughs> um, the first one is video messaging rooms, very similar to Zoom, zoom.us. I use this inside the Savvy Social School for our coaching calls. I use this with my clients when we're having meetings. It's almost like a Skype or Google Hangouts or something like that, but it's going to be right into Facebook. So you can create this room and you can invite up to 50 people into the room. Um, and then you can have an unlimited amount of people on, on hold outside of the room. And they don't even have to have a Facebook account, which is the coolest part of this, because I think one of the biggest challenges with Facebook is you have to have an account to use anything. But with these rooms, you don't have to have an account. So you could potentially set up an account, send someone a link, and then just have them join you without having to deal with any tech or software or anything like that, which is, you know, even more than what's Zoom doing right now, where you have to download the app. So I think that's going to make huge waves in the industry. 
Um, they're bringing back also the ability for f- people to come on live with you. They had this momentarily a few years ago and then they took it away. And like the only way that you can have someone on a live call with you is if you use a third party tool uh, like BeLive or StreamYard um, to like kind of like bring someone on and co-host your live video with you. They're bringing that natively back to the app. So that should be fun. Um, the other thing that they're doing is that they are allowing you to create um, a live element in a Facebook event. So right now, when you create a Facebook event, sometimes you have to put a location and the location can only be like a physical location, even if you're having a virtual event. So for me, when I have virtual events, I just kind of leave it blank. It's kind of awkward. So now they're giving you the ability to say that this event is online and you can create a room for that event and integrate it with Facebook Live. So I think that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, well, since Facebook owns Instagram, there's two other things that I want to talk about here, which are on the Instagram live or on the Instagram side, one of which is that you can now save Instagram lives. I can't even tell you guys how excited about this I am. So previous to this, if you went live on Instagram, you can only do it on your phone and you have one chance to save that live video. As soon as you hit end call, it asks you if you want to save. And if you don't hit yes, that live video is gone forever. There's like a bunch of hacks online that you can use. Most of them don't work. And so we struggled with some of our clients who went live, forgot to hit yes. And then that live video with so much amazing content is just going to (laughs) disappear, which never made sense to me. So uh, now Instagram is going to allow that ability to save that live video, which is going to be a huge thing. I don't even know why it wasn't a thing before, honestly, but here we are. It's going to be a thing. And then also um, Instagram is going to add in the ability to watch live videos right from your desktop and interact with them, which I think is a great move on their part. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a huge user of Instagram on my phone. Um, I schedule all of my posts out on desktop and oftentimes I'm checking messages and things on desktop. If I am on my phone I'll, if I and I have to respond to a message, I'm going to do a voice message because I don't like typing on my phone. I just don't really care for it. So the fact that we can now interact with Instagram live on my desktop, kind of fun. Kind of, kind of great. So those are the updates. Like I said, I'm going to put the the link in the show notes because there's so many updates that Facebook announced. Um, And I think this is one of those perks that comes from the current um, pandemic happening and that all of this virtual work is translating into some faster advances in technology. Now, if you found this uh, podcast episode helpful, I just want to take a sec and encourage you to join the Savvy Social School. So just to give you an idea, one of our uh, coaching calls recently, a member asked about her weekly live video. So she was going live daily for three weeks, and then she took a break, and then she came back, and that live video just like flopped, didn't get a lot of engagement. So on the call, we dived into what was happening there, why it was happening, and some action steps for her to move forward. And that's just one example of how we help our members in the Savvy Social School. We have increased our coaching calls to weekly. We originally did this just for the month of April, but we're continuing it indefinitely because the members are seeing so much value on being able to get on a call with me or one of my team members and get the feedback, the support, the cheerleading, the strategy they need, or even just listening to some of the other members' challenges can be so insightful in helping you move the needle in your business and what you're doing. 
doing. Um, so if you're feeling overwhelmed with all of this, and even if you're like, man, I want to try live video, but I don't know where to start when it comes to live video, I actually released a one-hour class on how to go live on Facebook. It comes with a script and a workbook. This was a live training that I taught last year that is in the member vault already. So if you join today, you just get that included. Um, and I'm thinking about reviving it um, maybe later this year or in the summer as they start um, adding in some of these new Facebook features. I'll revive that class, add in more tutorials and all of that good stuff. But it, the live script alone, the students love that because then they don't have to guess what to do when they're going live. I give them a whole fill in the blank, blank script to go with it. So if you want to join us, I really hope you consider it and I want to see you there and I want to help you support you and cheer you on as you navigate through using video and through using social media as a tool to grow your business. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and additional resources, visit our website, SavvySocialPodcast.com. And before you go, I want to invite you to access our free course. Yes, 100% free. It's the best way to jumpstart your social media strategy this year. You can find it at OnlineDrea.com slash free. That's all for this week. Bye for now.